Yo, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to the No Prisoners podcast. Just want to give a quick shout out to After Five Media for putting this whole thing together. If you're ever in any need of media services, such as photos, videos, even podcasting, check them out. They got you covered. Link is in the description below. Also, check out their Adobe stock links and also their Love Pack links. It's a great way to get your business looking nice and professional, whether it's your website or your Instagram posts. They got you covered. Also, check out our affiliate links for extra wallets i use the wallet myself best wallet i've ever purchased they come in aluminum leather whatever material you can think of they got you and they're so sleek and so damn good looking i don't know what else to say about it check them out link in the description below and last but not least enjoy the show all right we're here. We Gilmore, got s- you hear me? Yeah. 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 Right, yo, yo, cool. sh- <laughs> yeah, I, yo, we got special guests. <laughs> well, we have surprise special guests, and then we had scheduled special guests. <laughs> we got uh, Brendan O'Sullivan, the Keystone Carpenter, back on the show. Real excited about that. And then we got uh, Bruce back. Bruce is back. He's on vacation. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, this is episode 91, I believe. 90, I think. Brendan's subscriber 150 on the YouTube. I'm pretty sure I subscribed earlier, though. I was just making sure I was subscribed. Oh, okay. So, so I'm might, pretty we sure might like, still be at 149. I'm at oh, yeah, It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So if you haven't already, <laughs> like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube, we need those subscribers. I'm going to make a new account and just get 150. So there it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. The ghost account is highly recommended <laughs> to our listening audience who range in size about 50 to. Hundo, I guess. Hundo, yeah, sounds right. Um, yeah, we're excited to talk to Brendan because Brendan is just a cool guy. Excited to talk to you guys, and I'm interested to hear a lot about like what business has been like for you these past six or so months with you know materials being short, um, the ever persistent labor shortage that. Not ex- like non-existent. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> it really got out of control this year. It was already real tough for us in like the contracting world finding you know quality help. Shout out to anybody that wants to behave in a quality fashion. Um, but I don't I don't know what particularly like it's been like for you. Has it been a struggle? Like, have you found like your customers or like have you had any jobs cancel? Like, what is what's it been like? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think we're feeling. We were feeling it before, but I think we're really feeling it now since, you know, know, the past six months or so or more. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, for me in particular, I've been trying to just kind of keep my head above water with, uh, you know, the jobs that I have um, and trying not to jump around too much. Um, But back to what you were saying about, you know, material shortages, I'm finding myself now, um, you know, not even labor shortages, but material delays have caused me to go from you know hey i'm sticking around in your job one at a time you know quality control kind of taking that model to hey you know we're we're packing up shop here for a little bit we're gonna transition over to here you know start setting up for this job and um you know because things that you would normally um you know that you should plan for but that would normally you can kind of plug in along the way in terms of hey we need this here then yeah, so um, you can kind of structure your ordering such that 
you order the items so that they're delivered when you're going to need them. When you're going to need them, yeah, exactly. And that's all really gone to hell for us in the past. You guys as well, or I mean, everybody. In the, I'm saying like the industry. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so you're getting, you know, hey, I need a couple doors here and there. All right, no problem. Two week, three week lead time. Do you, you find know. people or like clients meaning like are they tolerant of like the situation or do you find people are not understanding? I I am finding that they're they're tolerant. Fortunately, I mean, you know, I'm I'm so far. Um, I'm glad I have you know really good clients that. Um, you know, I try to like, you know, keep them updated daily on things and kind of give them an, an overview of, Hey, this is what's going on. But I think a lot of people right now have really, you know, they've, they've kind of understood that this is something that's actually happening. Like if they're getting into the remodeling yeah, or if renovation you don't, project, if you don't know what's going on, you have your head in the sand. Yeah, exactly. So, or you're just not a nice person. Yeah, and you're like very impatient and just short with people, and you're like, I don't care that yeah. you're waiting on something that's out of your control. I'm just gonna, you know. I find that it's kind of like ebbs and flows with clients. Most of our clients are probably completely understanding, but I think we've experienced a couple of times where people are understanding, and then there's like a few days of you know a Tuesday or a Wednesday where they want to they want answers. Yeah, and then you know they calm down. And they're like, all right, cool, we're understanding again. And then they're, they're chill for a little bit, but then they want answers again. Yep. And you have to be ready to, like, give them those answers. And then you have to, you, like, I have found that, like, I need to keep myself in check to be like, hey, like, these people just want their door or they just want, you know, that one last piece of thing they're waiting on for their house that we finished six months ago that we're still waiting on a screen door or something like that. Yeah. Like, they paid a lot of money. We made promises to them to uphold a certain level of quality. Like I get it. Yeah. And I feel like I would, I would, you know, be in a similar situation. Cause I, I find myself now too. It's like, I got to keep myself in check. Um, you know, cause I'm asking my clients and people to be patient with me when you can easily find yourself, you know, um, getting impatient with other people and suppliers and stuff. It's like, Hey, wait a second. Like, you know, you're, you're asking a lot of these people and, it really kind of, it's like, okay, pump the brakes here. You know, I understand that you're overwhelmed. The guy at the lumber yard is not just taking your order or your quote. He's, you know, taking 200 other contractors and stuff. So just, yeah, I was talking to, <coughs> I was talking to a guy we know, um, actually Tom Peters, shout out to Holy Q barbecue. Yeah, um, out. he's having problems with, um, like soda getting delivered or different suppliers where, where they would normally be like, Hey, we're coming out this day. Now they're giving him, like his food suppliers are giving him like 48-hour windows. Yeah. So it's like if he runs out of something that's like key to his business, he's just shit out of luck. Because they're like, oh, yeah, 48 hours. We might be here, you know, today. We might be here tomorrow. I don't know. And, and that's going to be a lot tougher with that type of business, too. And honestly, like he was expressing his frustrations to me, and I, and I was very sympathetic. And then later that night, I was like thinking about it again, like randomly. And I was like, damn, like, is there that much of a shortage of people that there's delays in deliveries because there's not enough drivers to drive the trucks or maybe people loading the trucks or, like, all the way down that line? And I thought about, like, all those jobs where there's just not enough. And then I thought about us, and I was like, we already didn't have enough before the pandemic and all of 2020 and then, you know, the first half of 2021. Yep. <laughs> I was like, how's this going to get any better? But I hope it does. Yeah. Me too. 
Um, there's hope. There's some hope. That's all we have, right? <laughs> Stop giving people money. <laughs> to want to get back to work, yo. Yeah, I keep hearing. I haven't really been able to keep up with the whole uh, giving people money conversation because there's so many conversations. Mm-hmm. But I hear that for some reason or another that's going to expire soon. That's what I keep hearing, too. I keep hearing. The streets are saying that, but I have no evidence. Yeah, it's like how... how I get it because I'm sure we all could, you know, name someone that we know that is like you know, really riding that wave hard, you know? Yeah, they all, like, got the unemployment and decided to become, like, day traders of crypto coin. <laughs> and you talk to them, and they're like, yeah, dude, I'm up 40 grand. It's like, well, how much money do you make a year at your job? It's like 85? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, how much money are you getting on unemployment? And you're like, oh. Okay, mm-hmm. that adds up now. I understand. And then you're like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, and I... We, like I was thinking about this too, and I wonder how much you know of seasonal help that we're not seeing now. Like you know, you go down the shore, and you know, there's usually a lot of seasonal help that comes from overseas, right? And it's like, is that is there you know, or even college kids, or even college kids, right? Yeah, um, you know, is that uh, is that part of the problem too? I'm sure it, I'm sure it plays into it for sure. There, I forget what they call the. The like the generation after the millennials, or or maybe it was the millennial generation, is called this. Um, I forget what the acronym was, but it was basically for like quick money, like fast money, early retirement. Was like what the acronym like like that's what like this generation's about. Yeah, it's like get that get that bankroll up as high as you can, and then chill. And I'm like, well, what else would you <laughs> like? That gives me anxiety just yeah. thinking about chilling. I know. It's like, I feel like, you know, though I don't mind a, a vacation here and there, it's like, I feel like I got to keep moving, you know? Well, I think, I, I firmly <coughs> believe we were we were put on this earth um, to do shit. Um, hopefully productive and positive stuff, but like, yeah. everybody's here to do stuff. Um, that sounds like not very intelligent at the same time it kind of is like you especially if you just think about us as individuals as like americans like you think about all the effort that went forth to kind of like make shit happen to put us to where we are and you think about like all that like human effort and you're like if you don't do something it's like all the all that effort before you was like what was that for yeah could you imagine <laughs> that's like that's so selfish that, you're just like you're just same, like screw you universe i'm just going to chill yeah. that same attitude we would like still we would be so far behind still you know <laughs> yeah, we're just yeah. going to chill like yeah think about like, it we're not going to advance our technology or I mean society. there's a few people in history that we wish chilled <laughs> <laughs> am I wrong right yeah, I can think of a yo shout out Hitler shout yeah. out chill dude yeah just hang out yeah, he should have chilled he somebody should have got that man some unemployment he should have yeah. just painted some more like yeah stay home mean, he was really upset about it there wasn't any unemployment <laughs> if somebody had just given that dude you know 90% of his normal income a year he would have just bowed down yeah dude simmered the fuck down <laughs> Hitler Hitler chill <laughs> Oh man! Um, so, so, like, what what is on the horizon for you in terms of like types of projects like coming up? Like, you got still mostly bathrooms and kitchens, or do you have anything outside? You gonna get some sunshine this this summer? You know, I like last week. I was like, I'm so glad I don't work outside. You know? <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it was like really these guys hot. building decks and <laughs> doing roofs. I'm like, ah, oh, nice air conditioner. You know, um, 
but it, you know, uh, it, yeah, it would be nice to have that outdoor project, you know, oh, sun's on my back, you know, face, whatever. No, but primarily inside stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, kitchens, um, a lot. And that's, that's what I'm, you know, I feel like I'm working harder now to f- figure out future jobs because of, lo- you know, logistics oh, of course. that would normally not pose really the challenges that we're seeing now. Um, do you think, but like if things ever do get easier again, like in terms of like availability of stuff, imagine like if we have to do this for a year, we were already pretty good about it just because like we're small crew. Yeah. Lots of high quality volume. I think a lot of people this year, like yourself, like you're going to get so much better at ordering from where you started that like, if anything chills out, you're going to be like, like, yeah, things are going to be like on top of things and it's gonna be like, wow, this is, this is a breeze. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, now, I mean, it's forcing me to take, you know, office days, which I know that should be a, a role of, you know, probably somebody else. Um, but I'm finding that like, I absolutely cannot afford to not do a half a day or a day in the office a week. Cause otherwise, you know, what's t- like an office day look like then if somebody else could do that for you, <clears throat> like what, what did you, what does your office day entail? So, you know, I, well, it really, I guess it kind of depends on where the projects are landing. So I'll try to like lump things that I know are kind of coming, not coming to a head, but I'll try to put things where I know I can accomplish, um, you know, re- proposal revival, uh, revisions. Re- revisions. There we go. That's um, okay. I literally make up my own words half the time. <laughs> um, I was about to say revival because I was like, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's good branding. Yeah, proposal revivals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, you know, I'll schedule a meeting. I had an HVAC walkthrough this morning for a kitchen we're doing to, to figure out logistics of how we're going to optimize a split level home, you know, that is already terrible with, you know, comfort and heating and cooling. Um, so that was like a two hour meeting I knew. So those type of things, not necessarily strictly office, but realizing you cannot afford to not put that time into the business. Um, and at least stay on top of that stuff because you're going to be caught short, especially with uh, lead time issues and shortage of material in general right now. And price increases, which I'm noticing is is huge. I'm, you know, so yeah, that's that definitely exists. I've found that, um, like the software we use and everything, like we're like I'm pretty good at pl- pre-planning everything so everything runs as smoothly as you know we can run it. Um, we're spending a lot of time right now like passing that like way of doing things or mindset um or process down the chain yep um it's taken a lot out of us in terms of like we got to do a lot of planning and like like organizing like how is this process actually work so that you know people can get efficient across our entire organization so i definitely see like what the struggles we're going through like collectively learning how to plan um I'm like thinking about other companies. I'm like, wow, like what we were already, what I would consider pretty good at this. Yeah. Like imagine if you were an absolute nightmare at planning or scheduling at the end of this year, like your business is not going to be good. Your reputation is going to be like what a normal steady year would have been. Okay. Like you're definitely going to get raked over the coals. Yeah. It's, um, that's why I've been cautious in terms of like, you know, commitment which you know i'm already feeling the pressure of commitment of 
possibly even over committing. Um, but people just, waiting for you, people waiting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, and taking on stuff that you would normally just say, no, I'm going to just, you know, do this job until I'm done and you know, whatever. But like knowing that you could have these overlaps and, and things like that, just with material and stuff, regardless of, you know, how well you're planning. Um, there's a lot of surprises still. Yeah, that's exactly. So back to the door thing, you know, it's like, Hey, two, three weeks that was, you know, word from the lumber yard. And they're like, by the way, um, you know, Reeb is completely sold out of all these slabs. Like they don't even have them. Yeah. So it's like, sorry, your door's not coming until August or your doors. So it's like, all right, well, this project's on hold. Can't do trim, can't paint, mm-hmm. can't, you know, so things that, you know, normally kind of take for granted, not even granted, but it's, um, just you used to, you used to be, you have confidence in how, like the 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 lead time that was dictated to you, you could have confidence in. You right. can't anymore because exactly getting that phone call where it's like, hey, it's not on the truck. It's like, well, what do you mean the windows aren't on the truck? Like, how big is this truck or how small? <laughs> like, the windows came from the factory. I thought like it's yeah. like ah uh, no, I'm like next week, and it's like, well, I had people lined up to do that, and then yeah. their schedule gets messed up. And then that just, like, trickles down. So it's, like, across the board, it's, like, everybody, you know, subcontractors are delaying us because they're being delayed. Yep. It just, um, it's been a test year. And, like, I definitely see, like, you can observe other people. Like, I'm very close or try to be close with as many construction people as possible just to, like, that's what we do. Why not be friends with people? And then, like, you, you hear the struggles that other people are going through, and it's, like, you hear the people that are good at planning and things having their struggles, and then you hear, like, the people that aren't good at planning having yeah. their struggles. But it still seems way worse down at the people that aren't that great. Aren't the great, aren't, yeah. Aren't organized. No, for sure. And, you know, it's – I even find myself, I'm like, wow, like, I've, I'm, you know, enlisting the help of my wife now who also works, you know – 60 hours a week and uh you know she's she's kind of acting as my not really my controller but she's like you know she's she's helping on that side of things i say controller like i'm a a big company but like (laughs) really it's essentially you gotta you gotta act big to be big (laughs) um but you know she's she's helping in the sense of like understanding like okay money in money out like that type of stuff where it's good um, to have another set of eyes on that stuff, though. Ab- absolutely, and understanding well what you have in your bank account right now is not what you have in your bank account right now. Yeah. Um, you know, but anyways, point being is that um, the people that aren't good at that or don't, you know, try to enlist the help or hire or whatever to for those things that they're probably already terrible at are going to really, you know, not do so well. Yeah, you know, potentially, you know, when this all shakes out, I guess. Um, but that's that's uh I think that's a reason why I've always continued to stay small is because of the fear of um you know the not being able to communicate well enough or like the overcommitment of saying, Hey, listen, like here here is what's going on mm. or just the random customer that just doesn't want to understand or doesn't understand because, you know, they're just that, you know, impatient customer, you know? Yeah, we we were going through like a little bit of a like an a learning session the other day, and the individual that was teaching us, um, you know, we were talking about communication and who who at our company thinks they're good at communicating, who thinks they're bad, like that all kind of thing. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm a pretty good communicator, and he was like, you're actually the worst communicator here. 
And here's why. And the guy, and this was, like, really surprising to me. The whole idea was, like, your team or people around you or subs, like, you have to talk to everybody at, like, the level of a seven-year-old. Yeah. Because if you don't, when you're communicating direction, I mean, you don't talk to them like that when, like, you're having, like, general conversations, mm -hmm. but when you're communicating, like, details or, like, the context of, you know, a plan or anything, like, operational, if you don't do it at that level and then, like, you know. Ask for, re like, repeat this yeah, back to confirmation, me confirmation at that simple level. Yeah. Like just keep it absolutely simple. You're not insulting them. It's just, like, the lower you can keep it, the easier it is to, like, process across the board and quicker. And it's actually better for the company. And I literally was just, like, that seems so weird because I feel like I was, like, I don't want to talk to people and, like, insult them. I'm, I'm like, going to respect you by, like, speaking to you, like, at a high level. And the guy's, like, well, no, yeah, but when you're doing details or, like, and I was like, all right, I make, I guess that makes sense. I haven't had a chance to really try it out yet. So, well, I think it also stand by. Stand by. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard that too, um, and I've experienced a little bit of that. You know, having employees here and there work for me. Um, but like when someone repeats something back to you, it's like, okay, did did you catch all of that? And then that way, if you know there is a gap or gaps there, it's like, okay, well, you know that one part was missed, and it's like, okay, well. No, you either didn't hear that or I didn't explain it properly or whatever. So it's almost, you know, that, um, yeah, you're kind of the, the checking of, you know, the whether they're retaining what you're saying. Yeah, I'm guilty of like, we're all good. Yeah. And then Everybody's people like good. just nodding right. their anybody head. Need, and anybody like, need no. anything? No, no, we don't need anything. And then it's like <coughs> the next day it's like something wasn't. I was like, well, oh, man, I didn't do the thing, the confirmation yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of so like you kind of. I, I catch it like seven out of ten times now, probably. Yeah, you kind of have to. You can't assume that people know what you're talking about or what you mean. It's kind of like mm -hmm. you have to show them what you mean. That way, there's no loss or confusion. Because I I used to back when I worked at State Farm, my boss was like that. She would talk to me like, not talk to me, but when she explained things, she would explain it to me like a seven year old. And he used to be like, "Why the fuck is she talking to me like that?" But after. A while I kind of understood why she did that. That way I wouldn't fuck up. And if I fucked up, it was on me, not on her. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it's kind of a, the best way to communicate is that way. And that's why I think I kind of picked up that from her. Sometimes when I explain things to people, I try to do it the same way. Like, mm -hmm. I, want, I want to make sure I'm including every detail so nothing gets lost. And if there are questions being asked, like, fine, ask a question. I'll never be upset if someone asked me a question about something I told them. But it's like I, I try to explain it to where there will be minimal questions asked. And that way, people know what the fuck they're doing, and shit gets done correctly. I will say black yeah. black belt in communication over here. Yeah, I yeah, try. I, I watch him. <laughs> I, watch I him. try. Oh my goddamn, it's so smooth. I would not have done it that way. Uh, I try. I, I'm just like <laughs> smashing bricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why why use big words when a little do, word do trick? You know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. can't be doing that in business. <laughs> people are gonna be like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's like maybe not even intimidation factor, but like just the the fear or whatever of like asking questions in general right is there that that sense that like okay well if i didn't catch all of that like i you know are, am i going to be thought of that you know i'm not smart or i'm not like mm. you know and then i like when people take notes what i'm talking that's, about. Yeah, that's that's probably not like too much notes like don't be writing everything i'm saying like, <laughs> don't, don't 
<laughs> snitch. Put my phone down. Oh, yeah, shit. seriously. Let me see your eyes. No, but like, <laughs> um, when when we're having like meetings, like planning or things like that, or people are given responsibility, and we're I'm like looking at looking at you, and you're like, okay, you you got this, right? Did you write any of that down? How about you get a fucking piece of paper and a pen, and we'll start this conversation over. And it very rarely happens now, but in the past, I'd be like, well, how are you? We're going to have an hour and a half, hour-long meeting right now. And how are you going to remember all the stuff we talked about? Like, you're not going to, like, maybe jot something down. Like, I'm going to be here next Tuesday at 9 a.m. for this appointment. Like, you're responsible for this. Are you, Do you remember? Yeah. I'm going to remind uh, – it's now my job to remind you the day before. Nope. I uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I had uh, – Notes. <laughs> I had an employee for about six months. We'll just call him Bruce. Um, <laughs> yeah, not this Bruce, yeah. Bruce Jr. <laughs> Bruce Jr. Yeah, he's, he's, an, he's an underachiever, <laughs> I guess. No, we'll um, hear about it. <laughs> but I told him, I was like, dude, you got to get a notebook, man. Like, like, you know, I'm teaching, like, I'm teaching you really valuable information here. And even if it's not, doesn't seem of value, like. I'm giving you instructions and you don't understand the cost at which or the price at which this is, is costing us right now for me to give you these instructions and information about this. And then if not to say that don't ask me questions, cause by all means ask me questions, but if you're not, you know, if, if as a whole you have duties or this thing you need to do and you don't write that all down and you you're forgetting multiple things that easily could be, um, you know, remembered by just having them jotted on a piece of paper, um, you know, like simple things like a cut list or you know, whatever the case may be, or just little things that are seem simple but like can easily, you know, escape your brain. Yeah, when it's not front of mind. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that same that same individual that was teaching us about the seven year old stuff also said one time to us that you need to repeat things an average of seven times to an individual mm. before they get it. And and me and Jonathan were like, no, <laughs> no. I we must pushed, have said it only six. Back, we pushed back on it so hard. You're like, that's not true. <laughs> this guy's like, I'm a professional. We're like, uh, all right. I guess we'll have to start saying shit seven times. Yeah, see right. what happens. I don't know if I do it or not yet. Yeah, I, I do find myself doing that, though. Like, I'm heavy on the document documentation side. Like, I like using the software. I like shit planned out. I like stuff documented on the software so everybody can see it. I like the schedule in there. I like everybody's files in there. The customer can see it so they know what we're doing. The daily logs can be made accessible to the customers so they can stay up to date. Like, it's literally, you know, as good as, as, good as it's yeah. going to get in terms of transparency and taking, you know, you still have to pick up the phone mm -hmm. and make the calls yeah, and call the supplier and go on the internet and research the products and find the people. But at least, like, when you're doing a lot of stuff, you don't have to remember it all. No. You just, I'm, all right, dude, I had this conversation. Do, 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 psh, enter, saved. And it's like, all right, dude, what? Now, a week from now, and it's like, what did I do about that last Tuesday? Where's the stand? And you call that person up, and it's like, yeah, we had a conversation last week. So reminders. Reminders are great. Big reminder guy. Do you find yourself being more of a, a phone reminder person or, like, notebook or both? I do. I do like handwritten notes. Yeah. 
I handwrite most of my notes, and then what needs to go into the Builder Trend software goes in. Like even to do lists, will you write on paper or um, if notes? like yeah, because it's like quick walking around a house, like boom, 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 quick to do list. Yeah. Get in my truck, pop in the laptop. Ta da 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 da. Oh yeah, do it on the phone. Um, I find that when you're in meetings, especially even with like people that work for you or subcontractors or anything, if you're doing stuff on your phone, people just get like insulted. They feel like you're passively doing something or else. or openly. They're just like, is he looking at? Yeah. Is, is he not looking at some boobies right now or something? <laughs> you're like, yep. You're like, just yeah, yeah, sounds good. Thirty nine and a half. Like, like we're not talking about measurements right now. <laughs> you know. So I find that like I feel that way. So I just do the handwritten notes. Um, yeah, I do find that as well. I'll find myself speaking because like, I I was doing notes for a while. And then I find myself, I'm like, well, where's my pencil? And now it's, it's like, how, where's your brain, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like, you always have your phone on you. But I'm I'm realizing that when I was taking notes on paper before, like, it just it just felt better. It felt yeah. like I could reference it much easier without going to my phone and getting distracted. It's like real quick. And somebody texts you, and then it's like, you hit, the, yeah, all right, I'm going to respond to this now. And then it's like, what the and fuck? And then you're like, doing? where... Where's yeah. my to-do list? Oh, wait. How did I get three apps later and I still haven't done my, you know. Yeah. But I'll find myself saying like, okay, I'm typing in the measurements of this now in front of a customer because you do. You feel like, you know, you're insulting them. Like, what are you not paying attention to our meeting? So Yeah, just a little faster. Um, I'm finding my, I'm like taking pictures with my phone a lot too. So it's like I don't have to like switch back and forth. Yeah. Um, I find that it's like a, it's like a backup system kind of from a brain write the notes out and then when like I like actually document them it's for everybody else I already have my notebook I say that to the guys all the time I'm like oh where was that information he's like oh okay we got through the whole notebook conversation we're now notebook experts but like the notebook information how does anybody else know what's in that yeah and they're like they don't and I'm like boom <laughs> see what just happened there and it's like yeah but it's really the habit all the guys are really dialed in and they're good project managers and they're like on top of their shit and they're ordering stuff but it's like they need help they need support like we have like all these other people and like people's responsibilities are like becoming more and more specialized so that we can run like more efficiently and when you're responsible for one thing if you don't document that and then somebody takes the ball from you, like, and they don't have enough information, you're leaving them hanging. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of where we're at right now. It's, like, getting everybody in the habit of, you know, doing the builder trend. Having really good notes so that people can... It's good notes. It's like, well, what am I supposed to take notes about? It's like, mm, I'm going to explain this to you, but I feel like we went to the same high school. <laughs> we graduated <laughs> together. But it's like, well, we were taking notes on things that look could be important to somebody else, Dates, times, facts, yeah, situations, like whatever, like could be important. Like, don't be like, we got there at eleven o two. You know, the guy was landscaping. He had only cut half a lawn. You know, they were also getting groceries delivered at the same time. So we, you know, parked the truck on the right side of the driveway. It's like so that has nothing. That, to, that is nothing to do with anything that has anything to do with anything. It's like, what are you wasting my time for? Yeah. So it's it's you kind of have to let people fail. And then use those failures or micro failures 
as like an example to be like, hey, like you see these notes right here you took? You see these notes you took over here last Tuesday? Like these last Tuesday notes, like these were really good. Like why like why aren't the notes from yesterday as good as these? It's like, oh well, like I was in a rush after work. Like I you know, I had to get home, blah, 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 whatever the excuse may or may not have been. Yeah. Um, made most of that shit up. Um, so you're just like, all right, cool. Like, well, you know, we know better than to do that. Like, we're adults here. Like, we're not, we don't have anybody here that's yeah. not, not <laughs> a hum, not reasonable in that fashion where you're like, hey, like, this isn't how we're going to do it. And they're like, you're right. That's usually how things go. I'm, uh, I'm obviously by myself. Um, most days other than seasonal help, but um, like, you know, thinking down the road, you know, three to five years, right. And it's like scaling and you should be hiring people that are better than you, you know, and you know, but you know, at the same time, I feel like you need to start honing in these skills, these communication skills, these note taking, like all these things that like these, these characteristics that you want other people to have, not to say that, you're going to be able to do all of those things or be good at all of those things that you're going to hire people that are better than you at. But like you have to start somewhere, right. And get in yeah. a rhythm of something for your business to progress. Right. You definitely have to, um, <clears throat> I guess like in thinking about this real quickly, um, like right off the bat, like what, like you kind of need to do like, to move through those levels is like the first level you're focused on like, what are like the functions of my business that like, if I don't do them, even though I kind of should, nothing's really going to go wrong. It's like yeah. not that big of a deal. It's like every receipt that you purchase things on, like, right. Do you need to keep every receipt filed in that file folder labeled by the day of the week you bought it on? Yeah. It's like, no, you yeah. don't, you bundle all the files up, or the receipts up, you pay for good software, and you consolidate your time. Like, yeah. I can't, I like, I've heard a lot of people like, yeah, we like, dude, the receipt's real detailed. It's like, that's, we, you deal with that up at higher level when you're dealing with the bookkeeper that needs that information. Yeah. Lower level, you don't, don't care. And as long as you have that connected to your software or your bank account, it's like, and they, you ever get audited, yeah, it's, it's like, good. we have an like, electronic paper trail of this. What are we... Yeah, you got QuickBooks. You can assign stuff very easily. And then it's like, then at that same level, don't assign stuff to, like, needless accounts. It's like, have everything just very general and quick and accessible so that, like, you can, like, digest it to the level it needs to be digested at. I can't tell you, like, how many times I've, like, helped people out. It's probably, like, six times at, like... 100 grand revenue a year like smaller real small like just yeah. getting started out it's like why are you tracking this one thing yeah this one like it's affecting your business right now pencils are you having a pencil expense account like are you guys buying that many fucking pencils at 100 grand a year <laughs> jesus christ like why are you even like worried about this and then i think at the next level uh level number two i think you're worried about like things like getting an outside bookkeeper if that makes sense for your business like doing you, you kind of want to make a, 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 I'm a chart guy. You make like a, a organizational chart of like how you want your business, like how your business is and how your business like should be running. Yeah. Like you have like you as the owner and then we have like lead carpenter, which also happens to be you at the same time. So like you're going to be in all these positions, but then you can kind of see like, all right, if I can give up bookkeeping, I free up 
10 to 15% more of my time. It's amazing how many people don't have bookkeepers. People are very turned off by that. They don't want to let people know their books or they think they're doing a good job of it or like whatever the process is. Find yourself a good bookkeeper. There's tons of them. And there are tons that are like specialized in the construction world that they'll come in and they'll be like, and it'll probably be like a stay-at-home mom that used to be like at a high-level accounting firm. And she'll be like, "Mm, sweetie, you are fucking this up. Stop going to Dunkin' Donuts. Stop doing this. (laughs) And then you have somebody watching you. Which is good. Like, people are not into that. And then you have, like, the bookkeeper, so you freeze up more of your time to sell. And, like, as long... And people are, like, threatened by that. They're like, oh, well, that's going to cost money to, like, have that person. Like, where's that money going to come from? You you goddamn go out there and you sell. If you don't, if you choose to chill, you're going to fail. But you sell. And then if you sell, then, you, you know, you hire that next person in your... That, you know beverage napkin organizational chart you made and you're like all right i can fill this void so i free up another 10 percent of my time yeah and then five years later you freed up 50 percent of your time 10 percent a year and then you know then you're at you know 50 percent of your time freed up you're you can make decisions where you're freeing up like 25 percent of your time when i got a bookkeeper it's like why was i ever doing this myself this is ridiculous yeah it's definitely something that if <coughs> I could argue like any level of business. If you can just figure it out, be be open to negotiate with those people. You know, yeah. somebody might want to help you out. Maybe like, all right, look, look, you're just getting started. Like, I'll, I'll help you out. You're not really going to take me that much time. Like, you're not even really doing that much sales or stuff like that. This is 20 minutes of my time each week. I'm a pro at accounting. I'll hook you up. Yeah. Because then they'll know, like, once you do hit enough to pay them, they'll be like, oh, now it's going to be like $50 a week. And you and you're like, wait, oh, this all this effort that I hate doing that I put a lot of a lot of if there's contractors listen to this, a lot of you guys put off doing your books because you hate it, you don't have the time for it, it's or like you don't understand it, so it's like uncomfortable for you. Just give it to somebody else. I found somebody that supposedly specializes in construction. That was kind of why they referred to me, but he's charged me like forty five bucks an hour, and like, you know, I think my yearly my yearly bookkeeping bill was like maybe like seven, 800 bucks at most. Yeah. And it was like, but like, you know, doing monthly and quarterly, you know, reconciliations, like all this stuff is taken care of. Your for books me. line up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. They're like, oh, wait, I just send this to the accountant now. And not to say that you shouldn't ever put your eyes on your own books to make sure things aren't uh, like, for sure. you know. You, that person is putting the reports together and stuff for you. Yeah, you you have to look at that stuff because sure. that stuff's informing you on how to make decisions. And I'd look at that, and some stuff I'm like, all right, do I need to question this? And then I kind of go back and look through some stuff. But like, I'm not dealing with the day to day, you know, 200 transactions that come in, you know, at the end of the month or whatever, and doing all those. Yeah, yeah. What a what a bore. So if you're a contractor and you don't have a bookkeeper, get a bookkeeper. Yeah, get serious. Get serious <laughs> about it. Or if you have any business for that matter, get a bookkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Honestly facts yeah but anyway you've been you've been do you watch ufc at all do you watch any of these fights or anything like that i do occasionally we uh close group of my uh friends you know we usually go over to their place and and watch it but one of uh their buddies that grew like went to williamson trade school with them um he uh he's a fighter as well so we always like when he fights we're always you know we always like to get together and watch and he's actually just he just fought out in vegas not too long ago yeah, for um, sure. Dude, I got to pee. So. <laughs> oh, shit. We're going to take a break. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Well, I figure somebody else might have to pee, too, if I have to pee.
Yeah. I'll take a pee. Yeah, see, dude. All right, fine. Dude, what if Brenda... Whoa, whoa, shit. Whoa, oh, shit. shit. Oh, damn, dude. <laughs> do you know... Um, do you know Bill Algio, that name? Bill Algio? Yeah, he's an yeah. up-and-comer. Up yeah. He got a three-fight contract. With the, U, with the UFC? Yeah. That's pretty cool. So that's our well, buddy that went to the UFC, uh, Williamson. Well, um, how much does he weigh, you think? I think he's... 135 or 145. Oh, you low guy. Yeah. Senor Perfecto. <laughs> yeah. So he won his, I think he won his first fight, lost the second, and then he has another, a third fight in his contract, I think. Let's look at this but guy. Let's see where he's from. He's from Ass, uh, down, I think he's from Delco somewhere. Let's see what Jim Z reps. I think he has his own. Oh, King of oh. Russia. Yeah. Let's click on it. Let's see him. MMA and kickboxing. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, These MMA gyms are tricky. Not are necessarily they? his. I don't know anything about this one, but it's like it, it's some t some of them some of them are better than others. Some of them are confusing. You you go you go to them and you experience them, and they're like, "Wait, you guys are teaching jujitsu, and there's no jujitsu person here." It's like okay. Uh, so we're just going to call it MMA then and just make it up. Yeah. Like you, so have, <laughs> you have it every now and then. And some people get away with it not so well and some people get it. Like I've seen some stuff in gyms where it's like, uh, I don't know. The UFC gyms, though, they're different. They're, are those guys licensing the name or are they the guys that are yes. they're getting money from UFC to no. rep their gym? The UFC never really. I was gave, gonna say the UFC is not giving any money away. Uh, <laughs> you 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 paid Dana White. Yeah. Um. The UFC gyms are a franchise. It's okay. like the F forty five kind of deal. Okay. Not like the same kind of place, but like it's a fran It's just a club franchise kind of thing. And then basically, if you're a, a fighter, you're gonna throw your name on it. Yeah. Be, I mean, it'd be smart for you. Yeah. So like, I trained at Ricardo Almeida, and he was a UFC fighter, but it's just. Ricardo Almeida, BJJ. Okay. There, there are pro fighters that train there, um, and there is some like striking and stuff like that. Um, instructionally for like non pros, there's a little bit of that offered. Not, it's more geared towards like jujitsu for fighting. It's not we're gonna teach kickboxing tonight. It's more of like, oh, well, this is what like a strike would be kicking, and then like this is how you would respond to it with jujitsu. Okay, um, but like for the pros, they definitely get into like a little bit of the sparring, I guess, in the sense, and then take it to like, all right, we're standing up, like you throw these moves, now we're rolling. Yeah, so it's not. It's definitely not an mma gym so guys aren't necessarily looking to go to, to ufc through the gym that you're at no they're usually it's a component they're there to like specifically train that aspect of their game got it okay. like you're gonna go see your boxing coach for boxing he doesn't know jujitsu so yeah. you kind of have to like some fighters put it together themselves some fighters have like a good manager who also happens to be a jujitsu coach like that, you know, they bring the boxing guy in. So they have someone to help them integrate it. It's, um, a lot of like where you started, like some people started in boxing and then, you know, got into high school wrestling. And then 
So you can kind of see the style. Yeah. But as as the sport, like the UFC style sport, the MMA, um, evolves. Where you go here, Ricardo. Yeah. I'll get you. As it evolves, like we're gonna see more of the MMA gyms, because like you're getting these well-rounded people. Because they're they're incorporating all yeah. different styles. Yeah, it's cause it's the same thing as kind of like our, like, because there was a war or two wars, like the Iraq and Afghanistan, like, yeah. there was a lot of advancement in, the in like, the medical community, in the tactical law enforcement community, how people probably enter structures changed because of the experience of, like, oh, okay, if you do it this way, you might get shot in the face. It's like, we're going to change that, and then we're going to give that information to other people when we come back from war and go back home and become cops. So it's, like, the same thing evolution is happening in mixed martial arts where it's like at one time if you were a jiu-jitsu black belt and you didn't really have a striking game you could you know you could do some dirt and fuck somebody up that wasn't necessarily ready for it and then you'd have that advantage but now it's like you have someone like Connor who's like a karate type dude that then, you know, learns jujitsu and, and, and can grapple yeah. and then becomes really good at boxing. And this like we're done betting on Connor. But <laughs> yeah, <it's over. laughs> that aside like, your your you, chain. You have or like you know, you have these people that are well rounded athletes. Like you have like Justin Gaethje was, you know, I forget what he did in wrestling, but he was a huge deal in college wrestling. And he doesn't. He's a brawler in the UFC. Like he very much wants to be known as like do the fist fights. But he like, if somebody were to try and like wrestle him, they'd probably you know be like, oh shit, this guy knows how to wrestle. Yeah. Um. So there's a little bit of that. I uh, who knows. I think the shin breaking thing is something that needs to be discussed. Like I think these athletes like think they can just get in there like Muay Thai fighters and start throwing shin kicks. But what yeah. people don't realize about Muay Thai is that like, those dudes are, like, they kick, like, banana trees and stuff for fun. Like, they make their shins hard over years. Yeah. I watched this documentary one time that that went over kind of, like, a Muay Thai fighter's, like, evolution from, like, you know, adolescence up, either from Thailand or an American one. Yeah. And their bone density is, like, is actually is like, like a bat. Like, they're just from the calcification of kicking stuff their shin hardens over the years. So when you see people like the thing with Connor was, I think it's, you know, three things. He allegedly had an injury in training. So he was probably practicing kicking and, you know, overburdened his shin. Yep. And then he might've had a stress fracture and then kicked in the fight. Cause he thought that's like what cool kids do now broke it. And then that was that. Yeah, but I also is. think it, you know, there's a little bit of dehydration that plays into these things. Because you go through that weight cut. Yep. And then, like, your body can't heal during that cut. So, like, you go into a fight not really in that great a shape. Which I, I mean. Which is hilarious. I never understood that, to be honest. Like, I get the weight cut. But I'm like, why? Like, if everyone's it's weight a, cutting. It's just to get to the next level. It's just like, why don't you just stay at your weight and everyone just do your thing? Because everyone is dropping. I hope it gets to gain. that level. Because. We have, there's hydration tests now. Okay. So, like, if you're too dehydrated, we could be, like, you cut too hard. Yeah, you're disqualified. You're disqualified. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do that or not. But But some some organizations have the hydration tests. 1FC has hydration tests, I think. Um, Which is, like... Because most people are what? I mean, I don't... 
No, but what if really you're cutting like 10 pounds? No. No. Dustin Poirier was walking around like this was a 155, and Dustin was walking around at like the day of the fight. I think he was walking around at 182. Something I think, like that. Something like that. <sighs> that's crazy. The day after the fight, he was 190. That's insane. Like that's a you... that's a managed weight cut. That's yes. like some you have you have somebody that's responsible for like the food going into you, and you have somebody mo- responsible for monitoring your like your water intake. You have somebody you know telling you when to eat, what to eat. I like, you don't even imagine. think at that level. You don't think of anything, but at you know say like I go into an amateur jujitsu competition and I want to cut weight, like I got to do that all myself. Yeah, and then you have some like sketchy shit, people doing dumb shit. <laughs> I just could imagine that much water weight loss, like in that short a period of time. You hurt. It's I'm a, sure cramping is like it's very painful. Crazy. That's what I didn't. <laughs> I had a few friends in high school that that would cut weight for wrestling aggressively, and you would sit there and like you you'd watch them at like lunchtime, like sitting with their hood up, like with their face down on the table, just being like, I can't wait to choke this dude later. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, there's no submissions in high school. They're like, there is tonight. (laughs) And then I'm going to Chick-fil-A. Did you wrestle all throughout high school? Uh, Not, no. Um, Senior year, I played a lot of soccer. Okay. Um, Soccer was like that. A lot of like karate, boxing type stuff was mostly my jam. Gotcha. I got I got more interested in wrestling. Like when you're a kid, you're just like I don't know. You you just like the wind's blowing you every which way. Yeah. And you just like I like definitely wish I'd focused more on that back then. Certainly. Um but I definitely just like loved the shit out of some soccer and I loved a good fist fight. so like wrestling to me back then even though i really really respected it and most of my friends that wrestled could kick my ass or like were good wrestlers rather could kick my ass but like i just didn't i was like this is a waste of time like we're just gonna we're just gonna scrap like i don't need to like perfect this i don't even get the wrestling i'm gonna because like go in the park a lot yeah because like we're good like all right we're learning wrestling here but it's like this is good and all, but in a, in a real fight, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do that. <laughs> yeah, there's not no punching. Yeah, fights. so I got <laughs> got some wrestling, but I wasn't, you know, wasn't great in the in any sense. Yeah, I, I played rugby in high school. Never uh, got on the wrestling team, though. I could see that being a rugby guy. Yeah. <clears throat> I played freshman through senior year. We were a club. We were not actually a, a varsity sport at the time, but we were a lot of club teams back then. That's like we had Doylestown Dragons, uh, rugby, and I always wanted to play. Play, I never did. I went to like one practice, and then I was just like, uh, I don't have time. What am I gonna yeah. do? This? <laughs> it was, it was badass. Uh, but it, it just looked like it was the camaraderie that I was about. Mm. Like the dudes, like I had friends that played rugby, and they were just like, they would just get together, and it just looked like a good time. So I'm like, I want to do that. I want to have a good time. It was. It was. I mean, I loved it. It was. It was a great sport. I grew up in Connecticut, so like, uh, there were a lot of, a lot of like prep schools we played because that was very common, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, definitely, I mean, I've been out of high school for, uh, what, fifteen years now, or whatever. Yeah, you're living in the past, there, Brent. <laughs> <I know>, like, <laughs> yeah, I was when I was a rugby club champion. I was real good. <laughs> they, didn't, um, they didn't give out participation trophies that year. <laughs> But yeah, it was a great it was a great sport. I mean, we were one of very few club teams, even among like we were like probably one of t- 
two public school teams that actually had a club in the area. They were all prep mm-hmm. schools and and uh, boarding schools. But uh, yeah, it was a great sport. What's a weirdos growing up around you boarding school kids? Well, that was only like <laughs> one school out of the area, but there were a few prep schools mm-hmm. and then a couple public schools. But that was it. Have you ever met kids that go away to boarding school? No. I, There's I, a school in Newtown, George School. And like when we were high, when we were in high school and junior high, you could go into Newtown, and like the George School kids would like be walking into New- Newtown like they were in like the Harry Potter movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, those kids like. So yeah, we made friends with them one time. We got invited back. We infiltrated. They had like their own little bridge going across the highway. Weird. And then what? like so, you know, some kid whipped out a guitar, and I was like, "This place isn't for me." What the fuck? <laughs> I'm out of here. Kumbaya exit. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? They literally just whipped out an acoustic guitar in the middle of like the in, like the surf. I was like, where, where, "Did you have that <laughs> hidden behind that rock over there?" I was I like, "Never oh. understood boarding, boarding schools." I'm like, "What do you? Your parents can't handle you? Are you that bad?" No, it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure you're focusing on school. I'm like, I would sure. not study focus on school if I was away from my parents. Yeah, yeah. Is that what college is for? Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like pre-college. It's teaching you that you don't have the, um, like you can't be coddled by your parents. Yeah. There's plenty of kids I know that could have benefited from some boarding school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like sure. when you can't call mom to get you out of it every day, it's, you know. Yeah. I could, I could see you up that. a little bit. Just, I'm pretty sure they're, oh. We got good solving problems because we were creating them so fast as kids that, like, you just had to solve them fast. <laughs> the, 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 you know, I mean, so much stuff happened today, Mom. Like, what do we tell you about? <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know? But are you are you finding that, like, with, like, like your social media is still pretty heavy in terms of, like, your Instagram and everything? Yeah. You're, yeah. Are you still, like, you're, what are you up to, like, 20? 25 and change. 25, four. Look at that. Following 2001 people. Um, yeah, I. Uh, Do you think that like that that's still like a, a resource, or do you think it's become like really saturated? It's become saturated for sure. I would say like you know construction Instagram, you know, was was big like four years ago, and not yeah, now you got people big. with like five or six like. Instagram pages for like one company. Yeah, right. It's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, dude. What are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, Yo, what are you doing? After dude. five, bunch of dude, boarding of, school kids. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it uh, it definitely plays a big role, especially now that I'm I'm focusing on um, not focusing, but trying to start uh, an additional company or branch of within that. I'm like able to kind of cross promote in the sense of, of yeah, uh, you're you're kind of like creating like i see where you would like you're creating like another brand or anything like that but like your your brand already is so strong i would kind of just say like you're creating like another revenue stream revenue within your brand you know because you're leveraging like you're getting the same quality it's not a different different solution yeah it's a different cert like the service has a different name yeah but it's still the same same company and as long as people know that, like, I'm sure, like, I was learning, you were telling me a little bit about that before, and it sounds like a, sounds viable. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I think of it like Keystone, a family of brands, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of, but it's, um, I, social media is, is definitely a, still a big presence, but I, you know, I think for this newer company, it's, it's, um it's a little bit tougher sell cross promoting because 
you know, I like to tell, I like to kind of use the comparison of like, you know, Keystone is the filet mignon and then this is like the chicken nugget, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, when, do you feel uncomfortable talking about that? What's that? With people being like, you're getting the chicken nuggets. You mean when I'm speaking with them about the... Because like, they, they have to know that you exist at, like, this, you know, premium level. Like, do you do you feel uncomfortable dealing with them, like, knowing that they're not getting that? Well, I don't I don't bring the the filet mignon and chicken nugget, you know, comparison to the table when I'm talking <laughs> yeah, to no, them. Yeah, I mean, it works. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, I was saying more, like, internally. I know you're not, like, saying that to them. Yeah. But then do you, like... Cause I would think that pressure kind of would work in your advantage in the sense that it would like give you like, even though you're giving them chicken nuggets, they're fucking high quality chicken nuggets. Like, who doesn't like chicken nuggets? Exactly. I love filet mignon, but I also love me some nuggets. I love nuggets. So, <laughs> so, but they're high quality. Yeah, no, it, I do get that. Um, you know, I've gotten a few people who've reached out through that page and, and, uh, you know, I feel like they've they've seen something for so long. They've gotten a taste in their mouth of like, you know, we want this, so you're gonna offer this. So I, I think it's it's helpful to get the brand recognition out there, or at least the the concept or There's, the idea. They're surprised by like the application, the application being like, why are you doing that? So I think doing like an ad campaign is where I'm gonna I'm gonna see traffic and and driving leads and things like that because you're you're trying to convert someone who has been a loyal follower of of your work of a certain level and kind for so long. Mm. Then they're gonna be like wait, now you're going to, I have to get this at that price because mm -hmm. you mean it's, that is too expensive. And it's like, well, if you want to have that conversation, we can talk about, you know, maybe that change, price point. Maybe change who your clients are in that sense. Like maybe, maybe trying to get the people that don't have, like it's, some of it might not be that your customers can't afford your higher end product. Like maybe True. targeting customers that don't want your higher end product, yeah, is like the play there, because where I live, it like where I currently live, it's just not worth like, like I put some energy into it, but it's not worth like going max out. Yeah. Like one, I'm not going to live there that much longer, and two, it's like not in a place in like the neighborhood I'm in. It's like it just doesn't drive that demand like if i max it out like i would never get that you know the return that energy back yeah and so maybe just maybe appealing to people that like have like rentals or maybe like second home people i don't know like yeah, people that like see the value and understand the value they just don't need it for this time yeah and i think there's plenty of i i do have a, a demographic or a, a a target that would be ideal for this this uh this product um so it's it's very it makes sense for a lot of people it's just getting it out there because what people are used to in the the typical mainstream mainstream like quick turnaround bathroom you know uh renovations it's very has a bad kind of stigma to it or connotation i guess in the sense of like I'm just going to get some plain old white looking, you know, plastic looking thing. Whereas I think the connotation there, at least, at least <coughs> on my end is, you know, one, some of those solutions just cover up problems. Right. It's like a quick fix. Yeah. And then two, I think maybe like 
the perceived negative connotation there would be um it's a quick fix so like how could this person care about me yeah it's like they're they're just turning and burning how could they care but like if anybody knows you it's like well uh, well this makes sense and and also too like educating them on the fact that listen we can give you a great product by being able to have a product that allows us to move quicker and focus on other aspects that other people, you know, may not focus on if you go, say, a traditional tile route or whatever the case may be. Yeah, um, I just know from watching you um, on Instagram and, like, seeing how much goes into your projects, like, I don't think you're capable of, like, delivering an inferior product that, you know, chicken level, uh, chicken nugget level or the steak level. So I think maybe just like selling yourself more. And that's what I got a lot of pushback on initially when I was like, hey guys, check out my new page. Um, they're like, you're doing that? And I'm like, listen, there's a market for people that one, may have the money but don't want to spend it or two, don't have 30, 40, 50 grand to drop on a bathroom. And know? those are ego people. Like we all have <coughs> egos, obviously, but um, like for instance, like we had people, we had a, we had an individual reach out when we were making epoxy stuff. Being yeah, a, being a hater, he was just a naturalist. Like he just liked, you know, natural furniture and no epoxy in the wood, and that's that's bad. Like it's kick rocks, buddy. There's a market for that. Yeah, who gives a shit? Like somebody wants it, we're giving it to him. Yeah, and sometimes I think people, especially in construction, get caught up and they're like. We only do this level of service or, like, these types of projects. And if, like, something comes along that makes sense but isn't, like, glamorous, they're just like, eh. And a lot of people tell me that they they do that type of work. Um, so the new company is Keystone Bass Solutions, and I haven't done many of them. But you can see the difference between, you know, the product that I'm using and some of these other products. But a lot of people are like, listen... I do that type of work, but I don't put it on Instagram because it's not glamorous. And, um, you know, I, I think that that can change and people, you know, can really start to, you know, even if, you know, cause think about people who, you know, are trying to build a portfolio and things like that, or maybe they just don't want to get into the high end renovations, but they still want to do a good job. And like, you know, so, you know, I think for a long time, it's just kind of been like, Oh, that's like the crap work. And it's like, no, like, be proud of a ten or $15,000 bathroom. Like if you can, you know, like, um, so, but I'm, I'm, I'm using, you know, a product that is going to allow me to, to kind of beat out the competition, the sense of one design and aesthetics. Um, but you know, turnaround time too, um, yeah. you know, as well. Definitely. So, um, yeah. So social media, I guess to get, you know, back to your your uh, question it's it's definitely been huge but you know i have i have gotten you know a fair amount of pushback you know on it hasn't really helped in the sense of the new business but obviously um repeat business for keystone home remodeling it's it's obviously a huge driver for sure that's um, interesting so but but ultimately like your instagram what what the conversation we've had like especially between jonathan and i um is that the social media doesn't necessarily sell work, but it is an excellent backstop for sure for selling work. 
Yes. So it's ultimately like up to you as like a person or personality. Like if Gilmar wants to sell, you know, can't like photography work through after five, like he has to get out there and meet people and let people know that like, Hey, I do that. Yeah. And like, if you don't do that ultimately, like I think there's some people that think that you can just like make an Instagram and that's, that's business. Yeah. Like people are just going to come to you and buy stuff because it doesn't, you're on you, you have to like, you've really, and we've, we've, we've ebbed and flowed with leads at times where we were, not participating out in the real world more than or less or more than we should have been so like the more we're out like you know having lunches with people or meeting people or going to different things or like messaging people on instagram and then meeting them in real life yeah you know like you can't hide behind the you ultimately like you build these connections people actually know you they know what you do you know you, you maintain contact with them, build the relationship and like that, you know, that relationship gets maintained through the social media and different avenues. But like, unless you get in front of someone or like, you know, you go and start a podcast and then get in front of 88 someone's like, you, you don't have an authentic way to sell through social media. And I don't think it works long term. I think it's great. And I think it works for some businesses. Like I'm sure there are businesses that you and I like just don't have a grasp on that. They're like, yeah, we're hundred percent social media. Like, Oh, for crush. sure. And I'm just like, I, I wish, I wish I could figure that out. Yeah. But there's uh, yeah, I feel like the, I only know, a, you know, probably a fraction of what is even out there, you know, in terms of, you know, what people capitalize on using social yeah, media. Damn it. Yeah. Um, no, that's, I found myself the other day, I went on an appointment for uh, Keystone Bass Solutions, and, like, the guy was, like, in his 70s, like, doesn't use social media at all. And, like, I found myself, like, wow, I, like, really got to sell this. Like, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know you. Yeah, so he doesn't back, know It anything. was back like you had just started out again. Yeah, you're, like, sitting down at the table, like, you know, kind of going through stuff and being, like, wow, I got to actually use, like, my personal and, like, sales skills here. See, not, yeah. like, hey, go just check out my social media page. Yeah, you know, we do awesome work. Like, just sign, you know, sign over the check. Yeah, it's um, um, it definitely. I find that if you're doing it like the in person route, um, your leads and referrals are very more specific to what your company currently needs or demands. Yeah. Um, the social media, the attention's great. It's very you know usually very positive and like helps the business or whatever. But individuals that tend to reach out like blindly through social media. Like, they don't usually work out because they don't, like, we may think that our message is very clear, but it's so interesting when you meet with these people and you're just like, wow, our message is... Wait, you don't understand our process? You don't How does understand that, like, that we're the best? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... You don't know about me? <laughs> it really is just... A, I have a podcast? Yeah, no, oh, Come it's, on. It's, stop. Uh, You've never heard about me. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, hit him with the elbow and be like, come on. Yeah, stop playing. Uh, stop joking around. All right. <laughs> but, but seriously, like, you want an autograph? <laughs> yeah, like, it just doesn't doesn't go down like that. No, yeah. Um, I've learned, though, like, once we had that, like, complete, like, realization between everybody, we're like, all right, this is how we're going to, you know, eventually run the social media. It's like a backstop. We're going to make everything, like, very clickable. Like you're gonna be able to get to our website very quick. The sales funnel, kind of in a way, it's like yeah. we, if people don't need to, if it's not important, 
why is it on there or why is it on the website or what is it like is anybody even looking at those pages like you go and look at that on the analytics and stuff it's like this stuff doesn't need to be on the website like this is what people are looking at give give them more of this make it more clear you find a lot of your are your leads are coming as referrals uh i we we did a a serious audit of referrals over i forget what the period of time was we went back and we dug stuff up that wasn't like recorded and logged and like we made sure as to to get as many of the leads that came through that didn't come to fruition that weren't logged like to get as accurate and i think it was like 95 percent of them referrals okay yeah that's yeah that's awesome yeah so like when you look at that and then you're like you put a dollar value to it you're like holy shit like i should spend zero time on social media and that's ultimately the conversation went and i was on team social media obviously yeah and jonathan was on team like no referrals because i've heard it both ways they're like even if you get referrals like don't don't dry up your marketing or like oh no you lead. have to maintain it that's why you i'm saying like it's a it. backstop it's yeah. like you have to get out there in front of people but then when they go to vet you it's like damn we look good yeah oh for sure but otherwise like people are not cruising around being like oh he looks good this company looks good i'm gonna hire them yeah it just doesn't really happen that way yeah. i think it does through house we've got a house.com we've i think we got a pretty good one pretty good lead through there one time okay. like a real good one I haven't put any effort into that one, so but I've heard it can be really good. So, like, if you think about our style of business, like, a lot of referrals come from, you know, realtors, architects, at least for us, and um, designers. Okay. Right? Even though we, like, specifically work with, like, individuals. Yeah. Um, we have found that, you know, because we've been consistent for a long enough time, like, there are other people like designers and architects and things that also have been consistent for a long enough time. And they're worried about risking their reputation on subcontractors and contractors. So like when we come along and it's like, okay, you guys like you guys have a good reputation. You're working with these other architects or, you know, people like this other person connected me with you. That's also an architect. Like you build momentum. And then, like, people, you have to, like, you're worried about working with subs. Like, you're like, yeah. is this dude going to make me look like an asshole? Yeah. Now, like, imagine if someone's, like, a designer and architect and, like, you can play to that. Like, that's that's huge for us. So, we're definitely focusing more on, like, making friends with designers. Like, real friends. Like, we don't want every designer. We yeah. want, like, ones that, like, we believe in chemistry. If we don't like you. We're not going to want to do business with you. No, for sure. And likewise, if you don't like us, like, yeah, it's not going to, it's going to be a bumpy road. For sure. Even but, if, like, you're the best company out there. It's like, if you don't, you know. Exactly. There's some, you know. This is what it is. Yeah. I used to take it real personal, though. Where it's like, oh, we're not going to, you're not for us. And it's like. When did and you? Then, and then it sh shifted where it's like, you're not for us. Yeah, when did that shift? I don't know if I. Um, or I guess when was, like, what was the realization there? It was just, it like, was just like, I kind of do more, like, like thinking about like how i was spending my time i guess at that time yeah and i was like i'm chasing all of these things and all this energy and all these conflicts come from this but all like the good sustainable income and you know good reputation and you know advancement comes from this stuff yep like i'm just gonna get rid of all this other stuff yeah and then it maybe we, like I can't really like I don't really remember exactly when that was, but it was probably from desperation. It was probably just from frustration, 
where it's like I just got to make a change and then just stick with that change and, you know, be confident that it's going to yield good things because the way that things are currently going are not, right? Yep. And that's usually how things go here. Yeah. We're just like, this is not working. We got to change real <laughs> quick. We got to do something. Yeah. Um, which is like, I think, a, I think people see that happening sometimes and they're like, what the hell is going on over there? There's like so much random shit going on. It's because like we're constantly being like we hit like a problem and we're like we're gonna completely change everything. Just shift gears real fast. We're gonna shift all the gears. Yep. And people are like, that's not good. I'm like, well, yeah, you gotta keep commenting from the side. <laughs> we're shifting gears. Yeah. <laughs> over here, race Might cars. be grinding a few as we're going. But. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes race cars get crashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm but you gotta race. You do. You so do. I don't know, man. I'm pumped for your Keystone Bass Solutions, though. Thanks, man. There's, I think uh, there's an opportunity there. I think there is. You know, I know that this market's like you know everyone's got a ton of money right now, and it just seems like everyone's spending. But you know, I feel like it's a, a steady eddy. You know. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. We'll see. But if it crashes and burns, it's like, hey, what? I, I, why, how would I know if I didn't? You try, tried though. You know. Would you find yourself like you know, consciously like being like, hey, I'm gonna market you know what i'm doing currently like the the you know the bathrooms kitchens like do you split up how you market these and things or is it kind of just like right now you're kind of dialing in your i'm system? trying to i i'm i'm pretty much stopping like what i'm taking right now for that i'm not like not doing any like marketing campaigns or you know i, I guess i am marketing as i continue to post photos cuz it just organically just happens to market itself how you know yeah. algorithms work so um i would really like to focus on on this though because i feel like it can be a good revenue stream um but i'm finding myself being stretched you know with this other with keystone the original that it's hard to find time to invest in this and mm. the people to do it but um you know the idea was that i don't necessarily need as many or as skilled type of people to do this type of install to try to circumvent not circumvent but you know really try to figure out a solution to this uh labor problem that we're having and and material problem and things like that um you know but also just you know make decent money too you know yes yeah. everybody's got to make a living yeah so um yeah i don't know it's it'll be you know i want It'll be a learning experience for sure, but it's, I'm also, like, taking my time with it as well to make sure that I don't, like, just go too hard and, like, it just, you know, I neglect everything else and then things just start to fall apart at the seams. Oh, uh, for sure. So. But. Dude, that's awesome. Well, I think we can end it there. I feel like we talked a lot about good, really good stuff today. Yeah. You yeah. should You should definitely subscribe. <laughs> I think you should, too. Definitely subscribe. Yeah. And make your second ghost account. And subscribe a second time. <laughs> and then get 300 followers. Yeah, I mean, if everybody wouldn't, you know, if you wouldn't be so selfish and just go ahead and do that, we would be at 300 followers. Yeah, it takes two minutes. But, you know, we realize that garnering people's attention has been difficult. So we're going to start pulling out all the stops. I will tell you, though, that as a YouTuber consumer, mm. as many times as people say hit that subscribe button, 
it's very hard for me to hit that subscribe button. You know? so <laughs> I wonder like, what the I psychology is behind that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to give it to this one. Yeah, that's a commitment, man. I'm yeah. like the complete opposite. I'm a subscribe whore. If you look Are at you? my Instagram yeah. thing, <laughs> I got to go back to I'm like, I don't even know I'm following this, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like I click, I, I like make it, I just like bit my microphone. I like clicked on a, or a random subscription. I do it probably once a week. I'm just like, what the hell is this one? I clicked on this one that was like Khalil Muscle. And I was like, what the hell is this? And it's just like this dude is just jacked and just works out. And I'm like, what was I thinking when I clicked on uh, <laughs> What, was, what mindset was I in when yeah, I was just right. like, yeah, I'm going to subscribe to Khalil. <laughs> he, I'm into bodybuilding. Yeah, it probably like, took a ton of pre-workout. Dude, the guy's <laughs> bicep is like my whole like abdomen. <laughs> <laughs> Your ads are all bodybuilding now on your phone, I'm sure. I was too... Yeah, I was. Right. Too too worried about unsubscribing and like potentially ever running into him and him knowing about it. So I I remained in subscription. Damn, shout <laughs> yeah. out Khalil I Muscle. did not bounce on Khalil. Nah, definitely not. So, I, mean, well, I was just say I think. Do you think more people like it's hard to it's hard to get people to? What do you think it is that people like? Do you think more people are like you that are subscribers or un, or not subscribers? They're just consumers know. without giving. I guess. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. There's, like, I would say there's probably more people like you because yeah. a lot of people consume our content. And we can see, like, the IP addresses and stuff like that. Okay. And a lot of people consistently consume our content that don't fucking subscribe. You're yeah. like, dude, why are you not subscribed? <laughs> you guys are going to our pages and watching and listening every episode. But you can't hit the red button. It's red for a reason. Yeah. Run into that shit like a bull. Like it. <laughs> like a bull. Yeah, so we're just going to start, you know. I'm going to make more of an effort to be a subscriber now. You subscribe hard. Yeah, yeah. we're going to start. consume a lot of content. It's like I don't give credit where credit's due. I we've, guess, or... we've listened to the, to the non-subscribers, and we've heard you, and we're just going to start giving away free shit yeah. until, <laughs> until we're at the top. Dude, honestly, it's right? like, I, yeah. I was so frustrated. I was like, why isn't this growing it the way I want to? You know what? We're going to play dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're going to pay our way to the top. I don't care what anybody says about it. You guys got to do a giveaway a day, you know? It's probably going to be like one a month, and okay. we're going to give away big shit. There you go. So people are like, yeah, I want that. And yeah. then they're not going to get it. And your 5,000 viewers is going to turn into 5,000 subscribers. Yeah, dude, I'm trying to, that's what we're doing. I mean, it's, it's a form of marketing, you know. We're still creating content. Yeah, it's guerrilla marketing. Yeah, and then you, you know what? If you're interested in, you know, guerrilla marketing for your company, reach out to Gilmar Give or Ariel because I have nothing <laughs> to do with that. That's Give their world. They'll do it for you, though. They'll do all kinds of weird shit for you to get you on the map. Yeah. And then you'll be selling stuff on the internet. Whatever you need, bro. Unlike from us. From YouTube to OnlyFans, I got y'all. Yeah. The OnlyFans <laughs> is popping. Um, Jeez. Wish we could have an OnlyFans model on th on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Dude, you yeah, just, just blur their face out. We could have them on. You don't have an OnlyFans account? Don't I don't? No, I'm saying you don't. Uh, uh, I'm like, not subscribing, or am I posting? No, no, no. You don't have your own personal like OnlyFans account where it's like you and like you know a little speedo or like short shorts, you know, flexing. Um, <laughs> put me on the spot here. <laughs> I mean, you should, bro. Are, we, are we cutting this out of the podcast? <laughs> nah, dude. Like dude I'm, nah, I, when I make decisions, I stick by them. You can find my thighs out there. Uh. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah Hashtag lightning thighs. Yeah, uh, lightning thighs, yeah, bro. You got a set of cheeks on you. Make, make it thunder in here. It's like those those <laughs> revival customers uh, and the Audex, right? 
Yeah, and Odd Axe Revival. We keep it alphabetically because it sounds better that way. I don't know. Why. You get the people they are like, they, they creep on over to the After Five page and then they go deep into the dark interwebs to find your OnlyFans one. Yeah. And it's like they're, they're subscribing with an alias. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Dude, I always wear Zorro bandana. <laughs> you, you see, oh, you, yeah. you pretty much couldn't figure it out unless you like knew all my tattoos or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of time before somebody's like, hey, is this you? Yo, no. If someone uh, finds Andrew's OnlyFans account, that's not me. I give him ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, dude. If you that's find my OnlyFans account, just call me. I'll you know, I'll yeah. give you a free subscription. Yeah, send it to right? us. Have you guys found people putting like their Venmo handles just on their thing? Like people just randomly send them money. Yeah, people. Like do I've that. never done that. Do oh, people what? actually do that? People Girls. Do that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I meant like anyone in general that oh. just produces content. Do people actually like send them money? Do we have a Venmo account up there? Was I, I don't, I don't think we have one. We should have there. Yeah, you should. Just be like, yo, we really could use. Twenty dollars <laughs> for uh, <laughs> don't worry about it, I can, dude. It's for this thing I was thinking about. Now people would be like, "So what are you trying to get from me?" No, um, no. Unfortunately, nobody's just giving us money. Yeah. Well, if we just, do a paywall, we have Bruce on. Yeah, you got to pay three hundred dollars that to see Bruce's face, like a cameo. <laughs> yeah, dude, just fucking three hundred times how many? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna pay to see Bruce's face. Nobody knows who Bruce is. Okay, we build enough hype. Secret, dude. What if the hype gets so big, and yeah. then like ten years from now, we're like, tomorrow night's episode, we're going to reveal Bruce. <laughs> Bruce's face. People reveal. are like, oh my god, it's Bruce. <laughs> and then it's like, but people also know who Bruce is, but they don't know him as Bruce. And they're yeah. like, wait, that's Bruce. And then they feel ripped <laughs> off. So now they're fuck like, you. oh wait, well, he's been there the whole time. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Superman's car Kent. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you just, all you do is take your sunglasses off and they're like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God. It was, uh, dude, you look so different. It's like Perry the Platypus on Phineas and Ferb. You guys ever seen that show or heard of it? No. Oh, That's where we end it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this little platypus that, like, once he puts his hat on, they're like, oh my God, it's Perry the Platypus. When he takes his off, he's like, oh, he's just a platypus. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Yo. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, yeah. uh, we've now lost your subscription. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, things that, on TikTok, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to go down that Oh, road. we're not going to go down that yeah. road. Uh, but yeah. one, one follow that, like, do you guys follow? Joey B. Tunes. Joey B. Tunes? Dude, uh-huh. you got to follow him. He's, like, on he's on Instagram, but just basically, like, <laughs> just rips on TikTok people. Like, it just, he's hilarious. He's got his own, like, little podcast show. He just records himself. But if you're looking for a good follow, it's hilarious. All right. Joey <laughs> Shout out Keystone Bass Solutions, yes, Keystone yeah. Carpenter. Brendan, thanks for coming again. I, I'm sure you'll come back again. Well, I'd love to be back. I appreciate you guys having yeah. me. And I wish you luck with this new venture. Thank um, you. I mean, like anything, it's probably just going to be a bunch of work. Yeah, it's definitely going to be work. But thanks for coming. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Subscribe and like. Thanks, Gilmar.